podcast for marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz. If you didn't know already, Claritas has been sharing the importance of responsible marketing when it comes to multicultural consumers, especially in the wake of last summer's events when brand marketers on a wide scale began to look at where they needed to do better. But there's another group of consumers that have long been plagued with exaggerated, stereotypical, misleading, and occasionally offensive marketing, and that's our senior population. When you hear the words senior citizen, what picture comes into your mind? If you're part of that group of consumers, you might picture yourself. But if you're not in that group, you may have a picture in your mind that is far from what the average 55 plus crowd looks like, where they shop, what they do in their free time, and more. This episode of the podcast is a little bit of a departure from some of the topics we've discussed over the past couple of months, but it's important nonetheless. Today, we're dispelling senior myths. If you're a B2C marketer, you likely have core consumer groups you're focused on with your targeting efforts. More than likely, those consumers are millennials or older Gen Z. Why is that? Is that because that's the directive you've received from the top down? Or is it because that's what every forecast or trend says is the best place to invest ad dollars? Whatever the case may be, if you're avoiding reaching senior audiences, the older Gen X, the boomers, and the silent generation, you're doing them and your company a disservice. While it's one thing for me to tell you this is what you should or shouldn't do as a marketer, it's another thing for me to back up what I say with data. To help me share the true story of older generations, I've invited two guests to join me today. First up, we'll hear from Kyle Pechak, an account director here at Claritas. He's going to share facts and figures about just how big of an opportunity the senior population can be for your business. Plus, you'll get a small teaser for what you might expect to read in an upcoming report Claritas will be releasing. Later, I'll invite our friend Ryan D'Ambrosio from Rain, the growth agency. We've been working with Ryan and his team for quite some time now on a number of projects, including a few segmentation analyses for their clients who are focused on reaching senior audiences. First up, though, let's hear from Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the Marketing Insider. Hey, Monique. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you for uh, your first appearance on the podcast. Yeah, exciting. And because it is your first time on the podcast, can you share a little bit about your role here at Claritas and your areas of expertise? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so as Monique had said, uh, my name is Kyle Petchak. I'm a, an account director, uh, specifically working in financial services group at Claritas, which um, primarily is me supporting national, regional, local financial and insurance institutions. Nice. So we're talking about the senior population today and how they're often overlooked by marketers in favor of millennials and Gen Z. Can you help us understand why marketers should potentially pivot their strategy or at the very least take another look at this opportunity segment? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always more fun to use that, that new shiny toy, right? Um, you know, I, I think so many new and easy ways to market to younger generations now with digital advertising being uh, so much less expensive than some of the traditional advertising that, that most people know, especially uh, some of these older generations with, you know, TV and radio. Um, and it's simple and it's painless and you can just adjust creative whenever you need to. Uh, commercials and spots that you create are 
uh, on the traditional side require a lot of production and lead right. times, and they're just more difficult to do. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, um, some of that focus is lost, right? Because it's really easy to target the younger generations with these digital ads um, and just assume that baby boomers maybe or these older generations aren't using the technology like the younger people are. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that 55 plus population makes up probably roughly 30% of the total U.S. population. And that number is only going to grow over the next five years. And these 45 million households represent some of the wealthiest segments. Um, so, you know, if you look at the population through the lens of Claritas segmentation, uh, already throwing in some some name dropping here with some of our products. <laughs> we love uh, it. Yeah. yeah. But let's take uh, let's take Prism Premier segment one. Um, this we call it upper crust as as an example here. This this segment makes up a little over 1.3 million U.S. households. They're primarily 65 plus, mostly retired. They have a median household income over 130,000. They're millionaires if you look at them uh, in terms of our what we call income producing assets or liquid assets that a household mm-hmm. would have. And when you dive in a little bit further into this segment and you look at their behaviors, they're, um, they have more of an opulent standard of living. Obviously, they have more money. They're more dispensable income. They're driving more expensive cars, eating out more, well, you know, before pandemic, eating right. out more often at upscale <laughs> restaurants, traveling more, right? Um, you know, it's a, it, it's a, obviously they're spending money, right? That's the, yeah. the biggest thing that I'm trying to, to say here. Um, but one of the most interesting things about this segment is their technology adoption rates are very high, mm-hmm. a lot higher than most people would expect. Um, you know, and the, the best part about this segment is they have a ton of dispensable income, probably the most in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is that a lot of marketers maybe don't know how to reach them with the right message and in the right place. Right. So I'm going to be asking our guest, Ryan, this same question I'm about to ask you, but what do you find are some, um, and you did talk about a few, but what do you find are some misconceptions or stereotypes about the senior population? People don't think they're tech savvy. Um, And, you know, often when you're looking at advertising or you see advertising that's focused towards senior population, they're portrayed as maybe having a a lot of difficulty using their phone or a Mm -hmm. computer and they have a younger person that's there to teach them how to use it. Now, while as with every generation of society, there are some who are more uh, technologically adept than others, right? It just makes sense. And but I think it's just unfair to portray seniors in this light. You know, we advocate for using actual data to guide mm-hmm. advertising efforts here. Uh, and that way you're not relying on stereotypes. Seniors that are over 70 years old, they may have a lower technology adoption rate if you just looked at them in, in terms of the entire U.S. But when you start throwing in and looking uh, at, at additional attribu- attributes, households that have a higher affluence or wealth tend to show higher technology adoption uh, when you look at that same age group. Right. So understanding your consumers and how to message to them, following the research, not the stereotypes, it's crucial. Um, I think one other misconception um, is just kind of like what picture comes to your mind? You think about how many decades fall into 55 plus. That's multiple generations of people. Right. And all getting bucketed into one group. 
if you think about it and you compare it to people like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, if you're marketing to 20, 30, 40 year olds, you might have different images of a 20, 30, 40 year old. And I understand for some people, it might be hard to tell the difference between somebody that's 50 and somebody that's 70. Nonetheless, if you are 50 or if you are 70, you probably understand the difference a little <laughs> bit more. And you'd probably, if somebody's trying to market to you, would want to see something that looked more like you, uh, it might resonate more. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you're sharing kind of all sides of the coin here. You know, it would make a marketer's life a lot easier if groups of people all acted and reacted exactly the same, but that's just not reality, you know? So that's it, it makes having access to quality, accurate data so critical to see success and just basically be a more responsible marketer overall. And save you money too, right? Yes, I, I exactly. mean, if you're focusing and, and not taking a, a broad approach to it, um, if you're narrowing where you're spending the money, then you can spend less and be more targeted with how you're doing it. it, it yeah, absolutely. Right. And especially in today's environment with the pandemic, a lot of brands have had to cut back their marketing budget. So to you know invest what they do have into quality data will make even a smaller budget go further. Yep. Good point there. So let's talk a little more about opportunity. Uh, when it comes to consumer spending in the U.S., what can you tell us about the senior population? You know, so somebody sent me an article recently from the Harvard Business Review, which said people over 50, so I guess technically not all seniors, um, but they're responsible for more than half of the consumer spend in the U.S. Wow. Um, and I think it's estimated only five to 10% of marketing budgets right now are devoted to that same age group on average. There's a lot of, a lot of money with the, the senior group, obviously. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of a, another, well, there's another misconception for you or a stereotype, if you will. Um, but a lot of people think of, uh, the elder population as spoiling their children or their grandchildren, um, but there's there's a, a new release uh, data that has come out from the Census Bureau that's showing nearly one in six adults age 55 and older are childless. Wow. Okay. Considering that there is um, a ton of uh, consumer spend from this age group, they have a lot of disposable income. They have fewer and fewer kids that they're spoiling, so to say, or <laughs> grandchildren to spoil. Um, there is so much untapped potential, billions, if not trillions of dollars with this group. They're just waiting to receive the right message. I'm, I'm curious what Ryan will add to this when I bring him on, because he's in that unique position considering he works at an agency. So he's dealing with that creative side on a daily basis. Yeah. But yeah. Let me change direction a little bit now. Um, you and I have talked about this, but we're currently in the middle of creating our next report, which is focused on insurance behaviors and trends. And mm -hmm. the report is expected to release in the next month or so. But can you share some interesting facts about the senior population's attitudes around insurance? Oh, sure. Yeah. Since it's our data, Claritas data, we're we code this same data, the, the respondent file, with our segmentation so it, we can easily look at it through the lens of PRISM, uh, which I mentioned earlier, now I'm mentioning for the second time. Uh, so if we look at it through the, the lens of PRISM uh, segmentation, and if we specifically focus on um, segments that are 55 plus or 
more than likely to be 55 plus. Um, they always seem to prefer websites for purchasing both residential insurance and seeking services. Okay. Um, they're also not buying into newer types of policies like on-demand insurance or pet insurance. Um, you know, they're not concerned uh, they will outlive their retirement savings and they're even willing to pay a little bit more for their auto insurance if it means better coverage or uh, loyalty to a provider that they've been using for several years. Um, so they're less likely to, to switch to something that's new and cheaper, or, you know, cooler just because it's available. Um, they're kind of used to doing the same thing. They're just doing it in a different way now with, uh, you know, being able to to do it all online rather than having to go into a location um, and, and do it in person. Right. So Kyle, we've been talking a good amount of time and I know we'll have to cut some of this content for our Beyond the Episode blog, which will be up on our website soon, a little plug for that. Uh, but before we wrap up, let me ask you one last question. Assuming our conversation has encouraged listeners to take another look at the senior population, what would be your top three tips for how they can get started with evaluating the potential opportunity for their business and then going to market with a strategy in place? Ah, I had a feeling you had this question. <laughs> uh, um, yes. So we always like to start off with looking at any client's own CRM data that they have, mm -hmm. uh, doing a segmentation analysis um, or you know, working with a partner like Claritas to see who your best customer is right now. Um, you know, we can help you do that pretty easily. Uh, and analyzing who that best customer is um, and identifying them either by segment or, you know, whatever kind of category you need to break it down in internally um, and see if any of them pop with the senior population. If they do, awesome. If not, not a big deal either. Maybe you're coming out with a new product that you want to market to seniors or seniors are, is a new group that you're going after. Um, we can help you identify how to reach them um, in terms of connections that they might have with people that are your best customers right now. Mm -hmm. Once you have that figured out, then we can start to, to look at whether there are senior population segments that are already doing business with you or similarities between your best customers and senior population segments and paying specific attention to what they respond to. And, and by that, I mean where you can find them, what kind of media are they consuming? Uh, what websites are they visiting? What shows are they watching? Um, what radio stations are they listening to? Um, it'll help us with determining where to deliver the messaging. And then once we understand that, uh, we can kind of fine tune it to look at the behaviors that they have and make sure that it's relevant messaging to them, kind of circling back to understanding the differences between a senior population, people that may need help with technology, right. might respond to an ad that has somebody that looks like their grandkid helping them, and people that don't need help with technology might want to see a more independent senior using technology if we're trying to market a you know, a technology product, whatever right. it is. Um, but understanding that difference to create that custom messaging for them. And then kind of flowing into the, the last point I want to make. Once you're in flight with your campaign, 
you don't want to wait until it's over to determine whether or not it was successful. Often, so you got to make sure. I know it's it's easy to do, right? Yeah. Like look at it post campaign <laughs> metrics to figure it out. It, it it's crucial to look and optimize in flight, making sure that you're making the adjustments to your advertising mix or your focus on your creative. Um, you know, if one channel is doing better than another, making sure that you're adjusting as needed, swapping out, you know, whatever you need to, to make it as successful as possible. Um, it, you know, I think it's pretty critical. I, obviously looking at, um, you know, post campaign data and measurement points is, it can be very helpful, um, you know, with follow-up campaigns and looking at, you know, doing, doing more, uh, but monitor, monitoring the campaign in flight is, um, is very, very important. So Kyle, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I, you know, thank you so much, Monique, for having me. And uh, I love these podcasts. You do an awesome job. Thank you. I appreciate it. So before I bring in Ryan from Rain, the growth agency, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So stay tuned for even more on dispelling senior myths. If you've gotten this far in the episode, we've probably piqued your interest with some of the stats we've shared about the senior population. Perhaps you're ready to make them a focus or bigger focus of your marketing efforts. Or maybe you want to be one of the first to get a copy of our 2021 insurance report when it releases. In either case, the best way to stay up to date on the latest data insights that can help you find your next customer is to visit our website www.claritas.com. And now back to the show. We're back from our commercial break and I'm now joined by Ryan D'Ambrosio, Senior Research Director at Rain, the Growth Agency. Ryan, welcome to the Marketing Insider. Thanks, Monique. It's great to be here. So before we get too far into our conversation today, can you start us off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role at Rain? Yeah, sure. So I'm the senior research director within the brand strategy and research group at Rain, And really, I lead our internal team that is responsible for audience insights, discovery, and research across all of the clients we have. So that's kind of my, my overall role. Well, I'm excited to have someone on the research side on our podcast because you guys always share some really cool insights that teach both our listeners and me something new. Um, so now I know that Claritas and Rain have been working together for a few years on several projects, and one of them is some ongoing senior research. So jumping right into things, what prompted you to deep dive into the truths and the misconceptions about the boomer silver tsunami, as you so cleverly named that segment of the population in one of your recent reports? Yeah, so Rain strives to really stay in tune with one of the biggest population cohorts in the country and really across the globe. Boomers have influenced broader American culture for decades, um, and really they currently sit on a huge amount of disposable income. You know, we're talking trillions with a T, so they have a lot of money um, to spend. And now as they're entering their retirement years in great numbers every day, hence the title Boomer Silver Tsunami, they have a lot of time on their hands, which means they have time to shop and they have money to spend. Mm -hmm. And they also grew up on advertising and it's really advertising that is now mostly ignoring them. So boomers have gone through a tremendous evolution as they have transitioned across the decades, you know, from hippies to yippies to yuppies, and now being referred to sardonically as okay boomers. (laughs) Um, And given all the outward cross-generational sniping on social media, such as the okay boomer meme, 
you know, covering boomers makes for good storytelling. Yeah, I think I think it's easy to become distracted by what's shiny and new. And it seems like advertisers have kind of gone in that direction when it comes to Gen Z and millennials. But like you said, boomers have that disposable income that is a brand's dream, even though they're strangely being ignored at the same time. So when it comes to the research you've done and the data insights that you've gleaned, I'd I'd love to hear if you had clients that were initially interested in it and that's what prompted you to, to deep dive or were you just working on increasing your overall knowledge of what certain segments of the population are like? Can you share a little background there? Sure. It's really both. Um, We want to position rain as on trend with boomer culture Mm -hmm. and their continuing evolution. Uh, And boomers are really starting to trend culturally. You know, just recently I've come across headlines like gray pride and gray is the new black. Um, But we've also have several clients who target boomers in the 65 plus population directly and who are very successful at reaching this audience. So it's really, you know, kind of both worlds coming to play for us there. I definitely think it's smart to be proactive when it comes to research and not just wait for a client to pay you to do the research. And I know budgets, they're they're always tightened. So sometimes that's not possible. But if you do want to position yourself as a thought leader in your industry, it's crucial. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are taking that best of both worlds hybrid approach. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk stereotypes now, though. They're are stereotypes with all consumer groups, whether it's positive or negative, and the senior population is definitely no exception to that. So from your research, what are the top stereotypes you've uncovered to be totally unfounded, and which ones did you discover actually have some truth behind them? Sure. Our research, uh, you know, maybe to some people's disappointment, actually indicates that many stereotypes about boomers are likely more accurate than not. Okay. You know, when we have conducted qualitative research with this demographic, and we ask these research participants to go through an image sort process by selecting Im- you know, what we call imagery or pictures that resonate with them. You know, almost to a T, they select images of happy couples walking on the beach, you know, cruise ships and traveling in retirement. And really our hypothesis going in was that this type of imagery was kind of outdated and no longer really relevant to this audience. Um, you know, that it was just a stereotype that was no longer true. And we were definitely proven wrong on that. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so definitely there are some that are still true. Yeah. Have you seen any, have you seen any false stereotypes that kind of impact how brands are currently going to market? I would say that one of the common stereotypes about boomers that may be inaccurate is the notion that they kind of live for their grandchildren and just have unabashed love of grandbabies. Okay. Um, But some recent research is showing that maybe as many as one quarter of boomers are not really excited about the prospect of grandchildren and becoming grandparents. You know, grandparent may not be a label that many younger boomers have come to grips with yet. Um, So a future headline might really read, we are not babysitters. You know, we are not the ones that are going to just be watching your kids. Yeah. And, you know, and another stereotype that is often associated with seniors more generally um, within the marketing profession is that they're stuck in their ways. You know, they're really brand loyal and not likely to try new brands and products. But this we found is really just not accurate. Um, You know, boomers may be a a bit less willing to try new brands compared to younger generations, but our research is showing that they're definitely willing to try new brands. And, you know, with the pandemic, um, may have really been forced to try new brands and products Mm -hmm. due to to supply chain issues and shortages. Um, And we've also seen a sizable portion of boomers that are very willing to go the direct to consumer route and really shifting the way they shop. 
with more online shopping. You know, really what we're seeing is that boomers are changing what it means to be seniors and what it means to be retired. Yeah, I like that. They're shaking things up and keeping marketers on their toes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Ryan, when we say senior population in this context, you're you're generally uh, focusing on boomers, which make up a significant portion of the total population, and they have that tremendous amount of spending power, which we said. So have you noticed any shifts in their behavior or over the course of the pandemic that marketers should take note of? You know, our research is, indicates that boomers were able to cope, um, especially compared to millennials and younger generations in terms of their overall mental health you know, and really staying relatively emotionally and psychologically healthy during the pandemic. Hmm. You know, of course, some boomers were forced and, you know, younger boomers were forced into retirement, Mm -hmm. but many didn't have to worry about jobs or income and, and no longer have children, especially young children in the house. You know, so they were really spared from the, you know, exhaustion and exasperation of struggling to juggle childcare and work like many Gen X and older millennials had to and we're likely better prepared to deal with social isolation compared to Gen Z. So they didn't really have to suffer with the so-called, you know, weight of the world on their shoulders as much. Um, They were also among the first to receive COVID vaccines. So their lives were able to get back to some semblance of normalcy, even if it was a bit short lived. And really overall, they were able to get through the pandemic relatively unscathed. That's really interesting. In some ways, They've been deemed what uh, society calls most vulnerable over the past year plus, but in other mm-hmm. ways, they're also the most secure. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? Are there any other additional insights that you can share that could potentially help brands kind of regain some of the lost market share that they might have faced this year and last? Yeah, sure. So what we've really seen, um, especially for boomers, but I think it applies to, to all audiences, is that relevance is really the key Um, And that means going, you know, beyond just demographics, but gaining real insights in terms of psychographics, you know, attitudes and what are the motivations um, that are behind some of their behaviors. Um, And so one way to do this, um, which appears to have been amplified by the pandemic, is using nostalgia with boomers to increase a sense of, of relevance for them. Okay. You know, generationally relevant TV shows, movies, and particularly music are going to be key ways to better resonate with with the boomer audience. Um, Gen Z and millennials often make fun of boomers music when they refer to it as yacht rock music, you know, I think Steely Dan in particular, and it also becomes a secondary poke, um, you know, with some generational angst behind it at, at the income and wealth disparity that boomers enjoy. I mean, who doesn't love a little bit of Yacht Rock, especially Steely Dan? I mean, give me reeling in the years or dirty work any day. And if those of you listening have a confused look on your face right now, make a mental note to search those songs on Spotify, but definitely wait until you're done listening to this episode. (laughs) So, um, Let's get back to the real focus of the episode here. There's often a thought that the senior population is not tech savvy, even though society as a whole is kind of moving in a more tech dependent direction. And your research shows that seniors are leveraging technology, but often for safety. So what does that mean? And can you give an example to put that into context a little better? Yeah, sure. You know, we've actually seen a difference in tech adoption within the boomer generation. You know, they're not really, you know, a monolithic group. There are some differences and that's part of what our our segmentation work has looked at. Um, And really in terms of technology, um, it's a difference between older boomers, you know, those that are more like age 70 and over 
and younger boomers, where the younger boomers are much more tech savvy and have adopted digital practices, you know, like mm -hmm. social media at a higher rate. Um, however, we found that both older and younger boomers do tend to view technology brands as badge brands, you know, particularly like Apple. Um, you know, it's like they did in their younger years with cars, you know, think BMW 3 Series or booze with Absolute and cigarettes mm -hmm. with Marble Lights there. You know, they're latching on to, to badge brands at a, at a pretty high rate. And, you know, just to add a little bit more, you know, um, boomers are obviously not digital natives like some younger generations. But another right. difference um, that we've seen in some of our boomer segmentation work is that, you know, this really won't be a surprise, but the more affluent boomers tend to use technology and digital platforms at a much higher rate than their less affluent counterparts. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of this is, you know, can be explained by, you know, having white collar jobs and really having to to get, um, you know, inundated in tech at, you know, at, at the end of their careers. But, you know, it also has to do um, with the money in their pocket, too. Right. I can definitely attest to the boomer population being tech savvy just from my on a personal level. I mean, my parents teach me things all the time that me as a millennial should know, quote unquote, yeah. should know, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So one of uh, your reports also says the ownership of home assistants like smart speakers and other kind of smart smart tech more than doubled from 2017 to 2019, which I thought that was worth noting. Can you talk a, a bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the smart technologies has been adopted at higher rates than probably people think among among the boomer demographic. Mm -hmm. You know, we've definitely seen rapid adoption of smartphones across, uh, you know, this audience. You know, our research indicates that nearly 90% of boomers use smartphones. You know, it's not just, you know, the kind of the flip phones or those types of phones with really big numbers that kind of people associate with boomers, but they are using smartphones, even if they're not necessarily using them to kind of all their capabilities, but really who is. Yeah. Um, and we have seen large percentage point increases of social media adoption, use of other digital platforms, and even wearables over the last few years among, among boomer audiences. Um, and of course, overall, these adoption levels are still significantly lower than younger cohorts, but there's been a large significant increase in recent years. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll continue to see that rise over time. So we'll keep an eye on things. Yes. And we did touch on this a little bit earlier, but something our listeners might find surprising to know is that while physical health naturally declines with age, research is showing that the psychological and emotional mental health rises with age. And it, I think it's arguable that all research uh, back data is valuable, but it's not always outwardly apparent what you can do with certain insights. So how would you take that piece of information and use it as a marketer? Yeah. So, you know, an example out there is, you know, looking at the popularity of, of all the mental wellness apps, you know, like a headspace, mm -hmm. there's this need for our greater emotional well-being that really the boomers are, are kind of the leading edge of. And with declining physical health, particularly among boomer and senior cohorts, you know, marketers are kind of leveraging mental well-being as the next big frontier. Yeah, let's let's go into that a little more. I want to I want to help our listeners think outside of the box. So what should they be thinking about incorporating now um, that aligns with the insight about that strengthened and strengthening mental well-being among seniors? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think in addition to the kind of the, the leveraging mental well-being, I think, um, you know, something to look for in the future could be the likely integration of Fitbit, Apple Watch, and other wearable technology and tracking into Medicare. Okay. You know, when we can gamify or even pay people to walk, 
um, which is, you know, part of some, you know, um, health programs, you know, within within businesses and corporations, you know, to get 10,000 steps a day. It'll likely change Medicare and healthcare in both big and small ways. You know, really just overall improving health and, and healthcare for everyone. Right. Boomers in particular, given their overall affluence, you know, a key question for them is going to be, are they going to step up and give back to society? You know, as, as our team thinks about this, you know, and, and thinking about um, past generations that really became increasingly conservative as they age and only wanted to protect their wealth and indulge in travel and recreation. A key question for us is, will, will boomers forge a path of reflection and more of a pay it forward type of perspective to get back mm. to society? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, lastly, given, you know, really the mountain of wealth that boomers are sitting on, I think, you know, really the message to marketers is, you know, ignore this audience at your peril because, you know, you're going to miss out on a large, um, a large audience with a lot of money if you uh, continue to ignore boomers. I think that's a great message to end on. So Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today on the Marketing Insider. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure for me as well. So before I let you go, tell us what's next for Rain the Growth Agency or where our listeners can go to learn more or keep up with the valuable research that you guys are putting out. Rainforgrowth.com is our URL, but you know we're working on a boomer silver tsunami specific landing page. Um, so that'll be a good way to kind of keep up with, with all of our research that will be coming out um, and new thought leadership. Um, you know, Rain's president and COO, Jane Crisson, will soon be out with a manifesto and why this is such an important audience. Um, and we'll have uh, many more research reports and articles coming out over the next few months. So it's a good place to, to stay in tune with that. Perfect. We'll, we'll make sure to link what we can in the show notes. So if our listeners want a quick link to check things out, they can go there. And thanks Perfect. again, Ryan. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So I also want to give a big thank you to my fellow Clariton, Kyle, for joining me earlier on the episode. And I want to thank those of you listening at home or on the go. If you're interested in even more insights on the senior population, or you've been inspired to pivot your marketing strategy to have a stronger focus on them, connect with us by visiting our website, www.claritas.com. And finally, if you've not already, please take a moment to follow the Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice, our favorite being Spotify, and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going. We'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Bye now. Bye.